0: Today's sermon title is My Hero, My Hero. Uh, Father God, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, I ask right now that you speak, that you move, that you, uh, that you touch our hearts, Lord, today. Lord, that we are reminded, Father God, of, of your greatness, of your love, your mercy, your grace upon our lives. Lord, uh, have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So my hero, when we hear my hero, many of us all of a sudden go back and, and we start thinking superheroes, right? We think of superheroes and, and we go back and, and we replay all the Marvel movies that we may have watched you know, uh, in our heads, and we're like, okay, um, this movie was good, and this movie was good, and this superhero is great. We start thinking of all the superheroes and all their special abilities and some that can fly, some that have super speed, you know, um, some that can morph and change into other people, other objects, um, you know, uh, super strength. I mean, the, the the list is like limitless. I mean, when, just when you think you know all the superheroes, they come up with something new, right? Um, but But we begin to think of all that and all their supernatural abilities of what makes them heroes, what makes them superheroes. But if we want to be more realistic, right, and uh, we want to look at modern day, we take a look at what a modern day hero might be. So we could say that a firefighter pulling someone out of a burning building is a hero. Can we say that? And I'm going to take a moment to give a shout out. To Andy, to uh, Carlos, to Alec, to Ruben, and to Josh, can you believe? I know. Let's give them a round of applause. (laughs) Woo! I'm proud to say that we have five firefighters, right, that we consider family here at Lighthouse, and so I'm so I'm I'm so proud. I'm so excited. Um, You know, thank you guys for all that you do and for risking your lives are modern-day heroes. That's what it looks like. You know, we also have, you know, um, lifeguards that go into the water to save a drowning person. We have police officers that that will put their life on the line to stop a robbery or stop a crime in progress or things like that. And so these are what modern-day heroes look like. Modern-day heroes. Now, what if, what if I told you that there was a hero amongst us. Now, now what makes these guys heroes? What makes these guys heroes is that they are selflessly selflessly putting their lives on the line to rescue others. They save people. They protect people. They answer the call when called upon. These are our modern-day heroes. And and so if I tell you that there is a modern-day hero, there is a hero amongst us that is greater than all these heroes. There is someone right now that is just waiting and ready to save you, to rescue, to protect, to answer the call. There's someone, a greatest hero of all time. Today we're going to take a look at this greatest hero and see who he is and what makes him this hero. I would like to read from Psalms, Psalms chapter 91, Psalms chapter 91 verses 14 to 16. It says The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Praise God. Praise God. So, this modern day hero, this modern day hero. Before going further and breaking into this and breaking down these these verses really quick, I wanted to uh, say that um, our modern day heroes that we mentioned—firefighters, police, lifeguards—you know things like this—they rarely do it for the money, right? They rarely do it for the money because you can make so much more money doing other things. However, let's be honest, if there was no money involved, would they still do it? (laughs) If there was no money involved, would we have as many police officers, firefighters, military personnel as we do? I mean, would we have them if if it was only a volunteer basis? We'd have a lot less less police officers and firefighters in our streets today. (laughs) But our hero, our hero today... He doesn't respond to money. Our hero doesn't respond to fame. Our hero doesn't respond to the, amount, uh, or to the number of followers on his IG account. Our hero simply responds to our trust and our love in him. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. We could praise God for that. <clears throat> Psalms 91 is a bit of a mystery for those that like biblical mysteries, right? I'm going to tell you why it's a mystery. It's only a mystery because we really don't know who wrote it. You know, some people say, well, no, I mean, Moses wrote it because, you know, Moses wrote chapter 90, and there's a lot of themes that are similar in 91 to chapter 90, and so therefore, Moses is the author of chapter 91. Okay, and then you have the others that say, well, no, 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 David wrote 91 because, you see, there's a lot of similar wording and a lot of similar themes to, uh, in 91 that we see in Psalms 27 and that we see in Psalms 31, and David was the author of, of those chapters, and so he also wrote 91. Guess what, church? We may never know until... We're in the presence of God, and we can ask David, and we can ask Moses. Like, yo, come on, who did this? Who did this? But the truth is that it doesn't matter who wrote it, David or Moses, that they both, either which way, they both were more than qualified to reference how the Lord rescues us, how the Lord protects us, how the Lord answers us how the Lord honors us and how he rewards us. They both are more than qualified to teach us a little something about this. And then what's great, the greatest news is that all that's needed on our behalf (laughs) is love and trust in him. So now it's interesting here that we have to decide we have to make a choice all right because yeah it's easy all we need to do is love but we need to make a choice a decision to love a decision to love the lord um in the new in the new king james version i wanted to um i wanted to just kind of point out that it says this in chapter in verse 14 it says because he has set his love upon me Because he has set his love upon me. That means because he has chosen to love me. Because he has gone out of his way to love me. Because he has made a decision to love me. This is important that we understand this this beginning part of these promises. That we understand this because it's a commitment that we're making before God. It's a decision that we're saying, I'm going to love. I'm going to choose to follow. I'm going to choose to commit. I'm going to choose. And so it, 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 but the, the thing is that we live in a society these days, and this is, what, this is what makes it hard sometimes for us to make decisions like this. Because we live in a society today that uh, many feel like, like they need to wait for the feeling of love to begin. Let me give you some examples. I feel like I'm falling in love with you. Okay. Well, you're feeling like you're falling in love with them, but eventually you're going to need to make a decision to love that person every day. It's a decision you make on a daily basis. I am going to love this person. I am going to love my wife. I am going to love my husband. Even when he leaves his socks on the floor or his shoes in the middle of the hallway. I'm going to love my husband. It's a decision you make. Here's another example. Not so pleasant, but it happens a lot. I feel like I'm falling out of love with my husband, with my wife. Listen, first of all, that feeling of falling out of love with your with your wife or husband is definitely not a feeling that is given by the Lord. We need to make a decision. And this feeling of falling out of love with somebody, this is, this is what society is feeding us. Either you eventually will love or you will eventually will fall out of love. And so what happens is we take that and we take it into our relationship with Christ, right? And we feel like loving God sometimes. And then we feel like we don't. Oh, I feel so far away from God. Uh, well, he didn't go anywhere. He hasn't gone anywhere are you making a decision to love him and to seek him and to and to spend this time with him you make a choice to love the lord you make a choice to seek the lord you make a choice to listen to him to hear his voice you make a choice to worship him these are choices that you need to make so after we make these choices after you have made a decision to love the Lord, and after you have made a commitment that says, "Yes, I'm going to serve you. I want to follow you. I want to uh, be led by you. I trust you," then it's like it's like supernaturally we're given granted access to this superhero. To this superhero, you have a direct line to the greatest superhero of all time. Now, these last three verses in chapter 91 are set in the first person. If you realize, if you read it, you're like, wow, it's like the first person. So, okay, Moses wrote it, but he's writing it as God, or David wrote it, he's writing it as God. It's, the, it's set in the first person as God speaks promise and blessing to his people. And that's important that we understand that. So, let's take a look at some things that our superhero does. Our superhero will rescue us, right? Ever find yourself on a deserted island? Anyone? Anyone? No? Uh, You find yourself on a deserted island, you're stranded, and, and, and and you're taking sticks and you're writing SOS on the sand, or you're hauling big rocks to the sand and you're spelling out SOS? Perhaps you're making a big signal fire to get the attention of boats or planes. Nobody? Nobody here? Let's take a look at Psalms 118. 118, verse 5. It says, In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. Man. Has anyone been distressed? Now, if you, if, you, if you don't really understand, well, what does the word distressed actually mean? I, I, I see the word stress in the word distressed. But, like, but what does it mean? Is it just being stressed? No, let, let, me, let me give you a couple of, of uh, describing words. I mean, distress is suffering from anxiety, sorrow, pain. Has anyone ever suffered? with an anxiety? Has has sorrow ever overwhelmed you? Have you ever been in pain, even emotionally or physically? And the thing is this, the thing is this, that no matter what you've tried or where you look, all you see is miles and miles and miles of ocean. No boat in sight, no planes in the air, and you feel like you are Trapped in that feeling, on that island of sorrow, the island of suffering, an island of, an island of pain or anxiety. We all, we all get there, we all been there, or we're going to be, sorry for those that haven't been there yet, it's going to happen. <laughs> but the good thing is that we have a superhero that will rescue us. His word says it. In my distress, I prayed. I what? And he answered and set me free. You know, we have a real enemy. And this enemy, uh, the Bible says he's looking around, right? Like a lion. Not that he is a lion. He's looking around like a lion, looking for whom he would devour. But he's always looking around, he's always trying to get us, he's always trying to attack our lives, attack our relationship with Christ. You know, the enemy's always trying to attack us, and, and sometimes, sometimes we find ourselves completely surrounded by the enemy. Sometimes we find ourselves completely surrounded. It seems like we're like we're, we're overwhelmed, and, and sometimes we, we took ourselves there. Our lack of relationship may have, may have allowed that to happen. Our circumstances that we put ourselves in sometimes allow that to happen. And sometimes the enemy is just, it's just, it's just put in the overtime because he, he knows that there's breakthrough about to happen in your life, in your family's life, in your world. Well, you know what? When we're surrounded by all sides from the enemy, I know a hero, a hero that is far more powerful than sending in the U.S. Marines to deliver you from that enemy. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.18 says this. It says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil assault. From every evil assault. So this is the amplified version because I I, I like the way that was worded. Like every evil assault. It was like militant. Sometimes the attacks on our lives are almost so organized, you know, you ever notice when, when 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 you when you're about to do something for god when you're when you're about to submit when you're about to serve when, when you're about to make a commitment to rededicate your life when you're about to make a commitment to to uh to restore your marriage when you're about to make a commitment to 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 give your kids better more of you things begin to happen things happen things pop up all of a sudden things that make you ah uh, Maybe I shouldn't do this. Oh, this is why I don't do this. Oh, this is why I don't want to. And these attacks are almost perfectly timed and orchestrated, almost militant, like like in a a militant way. He says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil soul and he will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. We have a hero that will rescue us. Our hero also protects us. Oh, but it's the same thing. Well, no, because protection happens before the rescuing, right? Sometimes rescuing is that we're already in the burning building. Protection is don't play with matches. Do you, you see what I'm talking about? Our hero protects us. Can you look at back, Can you look back at times when perhaps you were walking by yourself and you just happen to be on a block that you're like, "Ooh, this is not such a nice place." It's a little scary to be by myself, or you find yourself walking down a dark alley and you're like, oh, I wish there was somebody here with me. Perhaps you're in a, in a new place and you don't know anyone and And the people around you are intimidating. Perhaps there's a group of people that are actually after you and they don't mean you well. They mean to harm you. Perhaps you're just so famous that there's people that envy you. And, you you know, and and there's people tugging at you all the time. And and, and these would be all moments where we wish we could hire a bodyguard. We all had access to a bodyguard. Um I i put put Jamal's face up there, you know, name and number if anybody needs a bodyguard. <laughs> but um no, don't put his name and number up there. <laughs> um but but those are moments that you wish Jamal was standing right next to you. You know? Like ah, I feel better now. I feel safe. I feel safe. Especially in times that we're living in that we seem to live in a world that's so violent. A world that's filled with so much lawlessness, like the word prophesies, that will happen in these days. Psalms 121, verse 7 and 8. Psalms 121, verse 7 and 8. Say this, the Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. His word says that he protects us. His word says that he watches us. You know, that's a good thing and for some a bad thing. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he's watching. He's always watching. You know, and so I enjoy it because he's watching me. He's protecting me. And there are times that we may not even understand why things shift, why plans change, why this doesn't work out, or why it can't go here, right? You know, and, 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 and we have to trust God because our God understands it all. He sees it all. He knows it all. And if he's watching us coming and going... Just like a parent that watches a child moving from A to B, a parent knows, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a drop-off at the end of this cliff here, right? So I'm going to not let you walk this way. And what does a child do? Throw a tantrum. But the child doesn't know that it's a cliff over there. The child only knows that you told them no. As Christians, we throw tantrums all the time. We throw tantrums all the time. We say, why, God? Why can't I go here? Why can't I do this? Why can't I say this? Why can't, and and we, we, we argue with God. We throw tantrums at God. And I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty. I'm so guilty. It starts with me. There was a, a saying that, that I said a lot last year um, in a lot of, in, in all our sermons, it was a transparent humanity, right? We have to be transparent. I'm human, just like everybody else. Guess what? Starting with me, I throw tantrums. I tell God why all the time. Why can't, why this, why that? And then later, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. I know I need to trust you. You know best. We have a bodyguard. We have this greatest hero that will always be watching. It's like you have your own superhero who stands there like this, just watching as you come and go, as you come and go, both now and forever. How much more confident can we be as Christians knowing that he is watching at all times? Now, that should also discourage some sinful behavior because he is watching at all times. We can hide from our parents. We can hide from our friends. We can fool each other here in the church, but he is watching. He is watching. Our hero, he rescues us. He protects us. He answers us. So Commissioner Gordon, every time he's in trouble, when things get too rough, when it gets too hot to handle and the crime is just too much for Gotham Police Department, what does he do? He goes up to the top of this building and he turns on the bat signal. And the second he turns on that bat signal, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, appears Batman, here to save the day here to rescue, here to handle what the normal people, the common folk, could not handle. He is ready to answer the call. We serve a hero, a hero that is also waiting to answer the call. The good thing is we don't have to climb to the highest building You know, we don't have to find some kind of like a signal fire or beam to shine up to heaven. We don't have to do any of that. The simple thing is this. We don't have to go anywhere because right where you're at, you can just drop to your knees and call on him. You are at home right now. Drop to your knees and call on him. You're at work. Drop to your knees and call on him. In school, drop to your knees and call on him. You can be anywhere and you can send up the God signal at any place, at any time. Just get on your knees. Matthew 7, chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 7 and 8 it reads like this. It says, keep on asking and you will, keep, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. This is, I mean, we should all love this verse. Are you going to God? Are you going before God in prayer? Are you going before the Lord in prayer? Are you praying? Oh, he don't answer my prayers. Uh, have you actually prayed about it? Because, you know, I've been guilty in the past too. Hey, Lord, you know I need this, right? Okay, cool. And that's it. Oh, he didn't answer my prayers. Uh, well, I, You just kind of mentioned it in, in your going and passing. Now, Now, I was told this. I was told this many years ago, many, many, many years ago, um, and, and I was told that only, you don't, you, you shouldn't ask for God. I heard it, someone was preaching, and he was like, I, you, don't, you don't have to keep asking God, keep putting the petitions before God. You don't have to keep asking him the same thing over and over again. He knows he's God. You just got to tell him once. Matter of fact, if you keep asking, it's a lack of faith on your end. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, wait a minute, that sounds right. Because I mean, if I tell him, don't don't tune off yet. Finish, let me finish. So you know I'm not misquoting. So it's like, it's like if, if 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 I ask him once, he's God and he knows. If I'm asking him again, that means I don't believe that he's going to answer the first time I told him, and that's a lack of faith on my end. And so, yeah, I mean, it sounds right. in church, there's so many things that may sound right that are wrong. Because that advice, that part of the sermon, actually uh, is, it contradicts what this verse actually says. That's right. Al. Jesus himself is saying this. And so what, so, so, so here you have... Someone's saying, only ask once. And the word is telling me, Jesus is saying, keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Let me tell you something about asking and seeking. When you keep asking and you keep seeking, there's something about that that keeps us humble. It keeps you grounded. It keeps you understanding where your provision comes from. You understand, Father? I need this. I need you. You know, uh, be with me. uh, Walk with me. Help me. Guide me. Father, I need you. I need you. It's it's a humbling act before the God that we serve. As opposed to, you know, I need this, right? All right, handle that, God. Handle that. And walking away. Do you see the difference? Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, Ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. In case you didn't know, our superhero actually has the ability to see the future. The God that we serve sees the future. And so what happens is there are times that we can go before him and pray before him and ask God for, you know, put petitions before him. And because he is aware of what is to come, he may give us little insights here and there. He may show us here and there as a way to guide us and lead us things that go beyond our time, things that go beyond our understanding. Only God can do that. So we serve a God that rescues, a God that protects, a God that answers the call. This superhero is amazing. Verse 15 says something about honor. It says, I will rescue and honor them. Now, this could be a little confusing. Hmm. I mean, I've heard all my life how I need to honor God. I've heard all my life on how I need to honor God with my speech, with my actions, with my lifestyle. I I need to honor him. I've heard honor my parents. but to honor God. I mean, for for God to honor me? Whoa, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. John 12, 26. John 12, 26 says this. It says, Anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. When we are honored by God, there's blessings involved with that. Many times there's opportunities that God is giving you. Like he's honoring you by giving you opportunities, giving you platforms, giving you uh, 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 places of influence. These are things that God does when he honors you. But those platforms, those, uh, those influential uh, lives that he's giving us is not to point the finger back at us. When he honors us and he gives us these opportunities... It's so that we can continue to preach the gospel, that we can continue to lead people to Christ, that we can continue to honor and glorify Him in everything that we do and that we say. When God honors us, right, He, he, he uses us all in different ways. He uses us in ways where, where uh, we begin to see people converted. We see people accepting Christ. We see people being baptized in the Holy Spirit. We see, we're seeing lives changed. When he honors us, it's almost, uh, 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 what he does is he allows us to participate in those glorious moments in the lives of people. Now, I'm not going to go into this too thoroughly. This, so this is homework, if anybody wants homework. Nehemiah chapter 11. Nehemiah chapter 11, uh, in this chapter, we can gather, we can gather, if you're reading and take notes and stuff, you can gather seven qualities of an honored servant. Seven qualities of an honored servant. And I want to just touch, I just want to read those qualities to you. First one is, willing to lead by example. The second one is committed to seeking God's will. The third one is willing to obey the Lord's commands. The fourth one, willing to sacrifice and be uncomfortable. Oh, we don't like to hear that one. You mean I got to give stuff up and I got to be uncomfortable? (laughs) Nobody likes that one. Number five, committed to expanding the kingdom. Number six, willing to serve without receiving glory here on earth. And seven, committed to respecting and serving the authorities placed above you. I'm not going to get into this right now, but our country is so torn. Our church is torn, and, and, it, and, and the word is simple. You know, we honor and we respect and we submit to our authorities, and we have to continue to trust and believe in God. And let's continue to be respectful. Let's continue to show the world that we serve a God, that, 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 that we can live our, our lifestyles bringing glory to God, not, this, not, not disgrace. It doesn't matter. Who is where? But we are called to live a certain way. We are called to be set apart. We're not called to be set apart based on who is this politician or who is that politician. We're called to be set apart, period. That's it. Can we get to a place where the church is again the church? Where the people of God are again the people of God? but we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Lastly, our hero rewards us. What kind of hero is this? Usually, we give heroes rewards. Usually, the hero will swoop in Save the day, and the city will give him a key, right? A plaque, a big check, whatever the case may be. But usually the way it works is the hero is the recipient of the award, of the reward. But we serve the greatest hero of all time. That not only does he rescue, protect us, answer us, Honor us, but then he turns around and he rewards us. Man, this is like having your cake and eating it too. Which, by the way, I just still never get that. Like, okay, you want to have your cake and eat it too, that's what people say, but like, wouldn't you, I mean, what's the point of having a cake if you can't eat it? I just never get that. Of course you want to eat it, what's the purpose of having it? Anyways. He rewards us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 24, says, remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. Mm. If you have decided If you have made a choice to serve, to love, to trust, to surrender, our hero is willing to give you an inheritance. Brother Nathaniel, can I ask you to play a little something for me? When we accept Christ, and we we touched on this, we touched on this last week. When we accept Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. You become a child of God. That's wonderful, just to say. That's already amazing. You know what I'm saying? And but 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 there it doesn't stop there because we are now a part of the body, because we are now family, we have have granted access to an inheritance that now can come to us. It's like finding out you had an uncle that was rich that you never knew about that left you this estate. When we accept Christ, we are now entered into a family and we have access to this inheritance. This, this, this inheritance, uh, heavenly inheritance, which is salvation. Eternal life. In closing, there is no hero that comes close. There's no hero that comes close to our hero, Jesus Christ. If you're listening to me, I really want you to get this. It's time to stop trying to rescue yourself. Some people are just wearing themselves out, trying over and over and over. It's time to stop trying to protect yourself. You've already gotten beat up too many times. Those Muay Thai classes were for nothing. Nothing. Stop trying to protect yourself because it hasn't worked. The enemy has slapped you around way too long. Stop thinking that you have all the answers. And tap into the one that definitely does. When it comes to honor, honor, Stop trying to live a life that shines glory and honor, like, to yourself. Like, stop trying to take the credit for everything. Stop trying to make yourself the recipient of glory. When all glory and honor needs to go to Jesus Christ. I mean, if you're guilty of so many things, the, the question is, you've got to ask yourself and be honest about it. How is that working for you? If you're you're trying to rescue yourself, protect yourself, if you're trying to answer all your own questions, if you're trying to to, to live a life that's glorifying yourself, the question is, how is that going for you? Because most likely it's not going too well. But I have not only good news, but I have great news. Our hero is He died on the cross. He came back to life and rose on the third day. Came back and rose on the third day. And in doing so, in doing so, he rescued us from eternal death. Not only does our superhero desire to rescue us, but he wants to give you eternal life. So with that, I have to ask, is my hero your hero? Have you accepted him into your life? Have you said, Lord, I need you? Lord, I can't do this on my own anymore. Lord, I've been frustrated. I've been trying. Things have been, have been failing. I, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so lost. Without you, I need you. Come into my heart. Have you ever said that? If you haven't, let's just, you know what? If you haven't and you want to, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Father God, I need you. Lord, I need to receive you. I need you to come into my heart. I'm a sinner, I'm dirty. I'm a wretched man or woman. And I need you in my life. I want to serve you. I need you as my personal Lord and Savior, and I want to follow you. I need you to guide me, to lead me. And I know that it's through you that there's eternal life. I understand that you are the Son of God. And I need you in my life. If you said that prayer with us today, That I really want to talk to you. I want to pray with you some more. I want to connect with you. Don't hesitate to send us a message. Don't hesitate to send us an email. I really want to continue praying with you. I want to to, to get you involved with the family of Christ. We even have a baptism coming up. Let's talk. Let's pray. And if you're watching and you say, you know what? I've already accepted Christ. And guess what? Let this be a reminder to you. That you serve a God that is a superhero. You serve a God that that these last three verses were promises to his people. And we don't serve a God that lies. He's not man to lie. So therefore, these promises he'll keep. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for those watching that received you this morning. We thank you, Father God, for those who are watching that are reminded of your love, of your, of, of your greatness, of your power, Father God. Father God, right now we ask that you continue to speak into our hearts, that you continue to guide us, that you continue to remind us of your promises, Lord. That even as we're serving you, if we feel that we are surrounded, Lord, in our circumstances, that we know that you will rescue us. If we feel scared, Lord, for whatever reason and fear is trying to move into our lives, that we may be reminded, Lord, that you are watching over us and you are protecting us. Lord, that when we feel that we have no answers, Lord, that we can trust you and go before you and know that you know what's best for us and for our lives. Father God, that we may continue to thank you, Lord for the greatest reward, the greatest gift that anyone could ever give us. The gift of eternal life. We are so unworthy of it, yet you loved us that much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.